Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to The Treatment Room with Tess and Lauren, the podcast by estheticians for estheticians and those who seek to learn about their own skin from a professional's perspective. We're diving into our whys as licensed skincare therapists, sharing in our career journeys and separating the gimmicks from the real heroes in skincare. Welcome to The Treatment Room. Hi everyone, welcome back to The Treatment Room with Tess and Lauren. Today we are bringing you an episode on light therapy. We know it is a topic that has piqued so many consumers' interest and it has quickly moved to the forefront of aesthetics. Last year I was amazed to see at the San Jose Skin and Body Show just how much interest and energy there was around the light therapy booths. People were trying the devices out, asking questions. So we know it's probably a topic that a lot of you are curious about as well. I'll give you a little bit of background on our guest today. His name is Richard Maher, and he is an oncology-trained esthetician and massage therapist based in Orange County, California. With over a decade of expertise in wellness, beauty, and education, Maher acts as the communications director and national educator for LightStim, assisting in the formation of their advanced LED light therapy curriculum. Maher is propelled by a holistic approach and is a strong advocate for dual licensure and continuing education. In this episode, we're diving into the science and NASA origin story behind light therapy, as well as the beautifully vulnerable side of oncology training in aesthetics. Quick clarification that this episode is in no way sponsored, and our hope is just to educate ourselves and others by talking to an expert in the field. We hope you learn a little something and enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Treatment Room with Tess and Lauren. Today, we are so excited to have Richard Maher on the podcast. He is an esthetician and educator with LightStim. So welcome, Richard. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. I appreciate you having me on. (laughs) Oh, we're so happy to have you. So Richard, we'd love to kick off just hearing a bit about your background as an esthetician and how you moved into working for LightStim. Um, So I actually uh, originally worked in skincare way back in my youth in 2006 as a manager for the body shop um, that was started up in uh, Marin, County in California, and then I transferred to Albuquerque, where a lot of my family lives. And uh, so that was kind of the base level for everything on the retail level. And uh, later on in life, I got my massage license and started to work at a school that is unfortunately no longer around, uh, the Utah College of Massage Therapy and Steiner Institute of Aesthetics. And so I worked there in career services, academic advising, and later on as registrar. 
so it was funny. I was almost over an aesthetics program, even though <laughs> I did not have my license at the time. And so then when I moved back to Southern California, I decided to just put in my hours and finally get that license um, and really wanted to get back into education and everything lined up correctly after I went to one of our industry events and talked to the right people and uh, got a job at Lightstim just from some of the wonderful people I know in our industry and that word of mouth. So it sounds like you had a passion for skincare pretty early on. I did. It was one of those things where you want to solve your own problems. And I have seborrheic dermatitis. And uh, when you're a teenager and you're just told, oh, use this foaming face wash and you're not given any other instructions, I probably actually did a lot more damage to my skin than good. And so you kind of got into it trying to fix yourself. And then along the way you found, oh, you can really help others with this as well. Absolutely. I think Lauren and I can definitely relate. And I think so many Estes start out that way, just wanting to, to fix our own problems. And it can definitely develop into, you know, wanting to give other people the opportunity to have, you know, skin they're proud of. How did you decide that you wanted to step away from the treatment room and, and move into education? You know, education has always been a part of what I do. And to be honest, there was the longest time where I tried to do both because <laughs> yeah. I really love the treatment room and it's very hard to give that up. But um, life circumstances, I, you know, had this full-time job. I tried to have a treatment room open on top of this actually more than full-time job. And I also have uh, family. My husband has some auto-inflammatory disorders. And so taking a look at all of them, it was like, I need to concentrate on two out of the three. And with all the good that I'm able to do with LightStim, it was no question. I, I love the company and I actually really love what they're doing and the things that they continue to do. So it, it was a pretty easy <laughs> decision in the end yeah. to uh, keep going with them. Yeah, I know LightStim has so many benefits that go beyond just you know, a superficial facial treatment, it's actually being used for medicinal purposes as well. Um, could you talk a little bit about some of the benefits around light therapy? Oh, absolutely. And that's kind of the really great thing about this modality is that it didn't really start in our industry. It, of course, first had studies that were contracted out by NASA to the Marshall uh, Space Center and uh, Dr. Harry Whalen did original testing for plant growth and wound healing, both of which were extremely successful. And some of those tests even affect the skin in specific, where they found growth increases in the uh, epithelial cells, which, mm -hmm. as we know, are kind of like our keratin or stratum corneum, mm -hmm. those top layers there. And so... As we know, if that first line of defense is doing better, has healthier, thicker cells and a growth there, it's going to be able to protect you more. And mm. from those NASA studies, it then was used in a lot of different ways in the medical facility. Everything from wound healing, just kind of like in those studies from NASA, to 
veterinary care, uh, which even today there's even equine and horse care where they use it for circulation inside the hooves because they start to lose circulation as they age. Mm. And then even further than that, it's used a lot in what's called photodynamic therapy. Uh, have you guys heard of that before? No. I have not. No. So this is really interesting because there's a lot of topical products that are light activated. And what we're doing with light is actually reacting with light reactive parts of our cells. And these are called chromophores or photoacceptors. And some products can also react to light in the same way. Uh, Example is a topical prescriptive called Lebulon, which is an ALA or aminolebulinic acid. And so they actually will put this product on uh, either, it's usually prescribed actually for precancerous cells like actinic keratosis. Mm. And it absorbs these products and then the light is used as a non-surgical way in order to remove these cancerous or precancerous cells. And uh, for those listening who haven't ever looked up a Mohs surgery, which is what they usually do for these types in order to remove and the large margins they have, anything to avoid actually having to cut in is pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. And yeah. off-label, I've actually seen it work really well for things like uh, acne as well as a way to kind of help with that process. But there are ways in where they're using light with these topical products in order to basically even work on these types of cells. And speaking of that as well, uh, some of the ways that it was working in oncology care is how it came into our industry. Uh, they were using light in order to treat uh, perioral mucositis, which are those lesions that can happen inside of the mouth and throat from chemo. And they found that using the light, even from the outside, was able to penetrate to the inside of the mouth and help with that wound healing process. And so A led to B, this is something safe enough to be used in oncology care. And we're finding benefits in the in-between area where we're using this for helping with cellular health and wellness. And it kind of made natural transition to our industry. Wow, that's that's so fascinating. So what kind of, what kind of light were they using when they were um, treating those lesions from chemo? I believe that it was both red and infrared. Don't quote me on that <laughs> because I would need to relook at the studies. Yeah. Um, speaking about that, if anybody wants to see some of those original studies done by yeah. Dr. Whalen, uh, Google Scholar, uh, google.com slash scholar actually has them in full and, you, you know, for free. So people can always fact check me. <laughs> That's amazing. I literally just wrote that down because I want to go check that out. Yeah, Richard, were there any transformations that you were able to witness or that you have witnessed from light therapy that stand out to you? Absolutely. Um, I'll be honest, though, when I first started out, I wasn't a believer. The lights mm. that we had at the school, and I don't feel bad for saying this because they're full <laughs> now, but they were not that great. They were basically Christmas tree lights from China. So right. <laughs> I, I wasn't a believer in LED at first. Yeah. Um, but then I actually went to a class, and at the time, I was more focused on the massage than skin. So pain is kind of where I had my entry into it. And mm -hmm. I kind of mentioned before, my husband has some pain issues. And so 
just at the end of class, they were offering a deal off of lights for being a part of it. And so I got a pain one to try at home. And he's one of those people who, if, if it has a chance of not working, it won't work on him. <laughs> it's always one of those, did this little problem? Well, maybe. And yeah. I just feel like, darn it. <laughs> um, and so I had him start using this on the joints that were really hurting at the time. And within five minutes, he was saying, I think this is working. Wow. And um, so it was like, I, I remember being in tears at that moment because you just want to oh do anything goodness. in order to help. And so I was like, we have something. And even though that spice was for pain, I was using it on my face every day and I was noticing a reduction in redness. Uh, a more even skin tone because I have that vascular Irish skin where the mm-hmm. red on the cheeks and forehead and everywhere else is extremely pale and it was all starting to even out. And um, I, I've seen results countless times since then, both personal and with all the different professionals I work with. Uh, I even learned from the professionals all the time. There was this uh, amazing lash artist who every time she would get someone who would have allergic reaction to the glue or the pads underneath the eyes would use the acne light on that area underneath the eyes and it would help clear up the bacteria that was having issues there as well. So wow. you keep seeing all these really creative, really neat ways in order to use it. Um, and if anybody has a chance to or wants to see some before and afters i did compete a few years ago in the skin games and used light stim every treatment and even had a session where they were on the bed and so i included all those before and afters i believe they still have those videos up on youtube wow okay what's the skin games i've never heard of that before oh so the skin games the skingames.com definitely take a look at it sometime and make sure it does in there i'm not sure what will happen if you look up skingames.com Um, but it's a esthetician competition where you actually take a client through different case trials for anti-aging, acne, pain. Um, They have a holistic category, which is what I competed in. And basically you do an eight week case trial and then upload um, a video diary for each of those have before and afters. And then there's an event where everybody kind of uh, comes together and you have, you talk in front of a panel of judges, which are, usually some uh, pretty great names in our industry. And yeah, it was a good old fun time. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, and it was really the first that we've had of something like that in our industry. Was that um, It's actually been in its like fourth or fifth year now. And so when I competed, it was two years ago, um, which was its third year. And there was a few people that really inspired me to want to do it. And it's actually where I found some of the product lines that I'm obsessed with now as well and obsessed with using with the light from watching what other people were able to do and their video diaries. Uh, A local esthetician who I love is named Tamara Boswell Petrucci. And uh, what she was able to do with cystic acne was just inspiring to me. Um, The winner of the second year, Carmen Anuri from Perth, Australia, that's kind of where it went international. Uh, watching her videos are what made me go, okay, I want to be a part of this. Wow. Oh my gosh, that sounds like my kind of Olympics. We'll I definitely know. have to do some Googling. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. It's something good to look up. And if nothing else, just to kind of see what other people are doing. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I mean, you know, when it comes to 
treatments and, and being in the treatment room, you know, you're in the room alone and you do have your coworkers, but that's why I love, you know, Instagram, social media, and then stuff like that is because you can get an idea of what the rest of the industry is doing and how people are using products and devices. And I think that's, you know, how we all learn and grow. Absolutely. And that was why the trade shows are so great and will be again once it's a good time to be able to have them. And that way you kind of get that personal experience, uh, you know, face to face, you get to touch it, feel it. I don't know what that will look like in the future, but I I do know some are going virtual um, in the meantime, and Mm -hmm. that's the best we can do. But um, as far as right now, it's being an extrovert staying at home, which <laughs> is uh, bad news for the dog. He's getting a lot of attention. Hopefully it gives you some time to, to use your device, though. Um, I know I am. I wanted, to, I wanted to ask you, Richard, since I know you touched on some devices that aren't so high quality, and I know light therapy gets, you know, a broad reputation. People know it's, you know, theoretically a good thing. What are some of the differences between, you know, something you might find on Amazon versus LightStim? So some things that you definitely want to take a look at are going to be where it's made, if it's FDA cleared, um, kind of who makes a device, how long they've been making the device. So for example, with us, we actually make and manufacture everything in-house in Orange County, California. Everything from our handhelds for both professional and retail use. We do have the larger panel units that are hands-free, which are also great if you're ever going to do anything bloodborne pathogen related, your permanent makeup, your um, microneedling, and want Mm. something to use afterwards. And we even create a full body bed And so all that is done in our offices, um, and it is what's called an ISO 13485 certified facility, which is uh, basically meaning we can make medical devices of a certain level. And all of our devices are class two, um, but they're over the counter because they Mm -hmm. can be either over the counter or prescription. And having them be over the counter is why we can use them in our industry, why we're able to retail them for home use, for example, And something that we kind of have that's uh, a great little added benefit is a patent on our multi-wave technology, where we're able to use two, four, sometimes even five different wavelengths or colors of light at the same time, have them highly concentrated and near touching, but without them interfering with each other. And there's over 50 different specifications on those LEDs, um, including even how they're Uh, mounted, how the lights are angled, everything under the sun to make sure that they're able to kind of work in tandem rather than blending into each other and creating a type of light that the skin or those parts of the cell that can absorb light wouldn't be able to recognize. And so Mm -hmm. you're going to basically get a highly, um, you know, accelerated treatment that's able to multitask and work on all these different layers at once and work on different tasks and all kind of concentrate on the same goal. Um, Like for example, which device do you have? So I have the one for wrinkles. I do too. Nice. So the wrinkles one is, uh, has actually four different things going on. There's a level of amber light, two different levels of red and a level of infrared. If you were ever to take a look at your device, it'll look like the a quarter of the lights are out because of that mm. infrared, but it's mm. just 
you know, below what our eyes can see. It's below red on, on that rainbow Roy G. Biv. So it's beyond mm-hmm. the visible spectrum. And so it's working on four different levels of the skin, um, working on different pathways to do a lot of different mechanisms of action to all work together. Interesting. So, so that kind of brings me to a question. Um, I've seen, you know, as, as we mentioned, I've seen lights on Amazon cause you know, lights are so popular. Um, they're, I feel like they're popping up everywhere. So I've seen certain lights on Amazon that tout having colors like cyan and yellow and, you know, basically these full spectrum of lights. And I don't know much about anything in between, you know, infrared and green, blue, and, you know, red. So I'm curious what your, what your thoughts are on that. Like, does that full spectrum of light even do anything or does it, do your cells not recognize it? Like you said? So there's a few things that we want to take a look at. And the first is going to be, um, each color kind of goes to a different depth. And so if you start like on ultraviolet, that's very superficial. It's sucker punching the top levels of your skin with high energy and that's why it can do a lot of damage. It's such a high energy that it's ionic and can start to mess with the electrons on the cells. Um, as we go down that rainbow, blue is a little bit more uh, superficial, goes dip out to the level of the sebaceous gland, and then further and further down as the lights go down. Mm-hmm. And so we want to know how deep the light is going um, and if there's anything at that level that can absorb and react to that light. And with science, there's no absolutes, you know, it's a lot of theories. So I'm never going to say, oh, this will never do anything. But what I will say is that there's a lot of things out there that might not be doing anything besides maybe placebo. And placebo Mm -hmm. does have its place. Don't get me wrong. I've taken enough supplements and been like, hey, I think this is working and it doesn't matter. But um, there's a lot of things where I don't see even FDA clearances with LED being out there for decades now, if, if it really was doing something consistently over placebo, you would think that it would then be able to get cleared for those things. So um, for like green, for example, I don't really see a lot of things, but I have seen it almost say anything under the sun. I've seen it say green for hyperpigmentation, green for rosacea, green for uh, helping the body's energy levels. And a lot of the times they are saying whatever they want because it's it's not a medical device. So they're just making whatever claim mm. they want. And mm-hmm. um, so until we see that green is doing something consistently being used topically, it's something that, you know, we're usually going to stay away from. And so, you know, with our multi-way, people will be like, how would you know that this works? And so one of the things we did was back in the day, LED used to only be cleared for around the eyes. It used to have a periorbital clearance. And so Mm -hmm. we were actually the first to run clinical trials for the FDA in order to show not only did it work around the eyes, but around the entire face. And we were only using our handhelds with that. It was being used on uh, cleansed skin so that people knew that it was a light causing the change. They couldn't change their skincare regimen from what they were doing beforehand. And in those trials, when people were using it as directed for six to eight weeks, 100% of people were able to find significant results. So we want to show when you're doing something innovative that there's some proof behind it. And it's kind of the same for a lot of these things as well, in that we, we just really want to make sure that what we're doing has some scientific backing to it and that there's consistency, that it's not just a, a one-off showing something. Right. 
Yeah, and you don't want to throw away your money, so. Uh, well, you say that, but my taxes last year. Richard, could you give us a little like light therapy 101 as far as the colors and what they can do for the skin? Yeah, so a lot of studies are showing that blue at 415 nanometers is going to help with the bactericidal effect. Um, mm. And whenever I talk about the nanometers, that's that's so color and wavelength are basically the same thing. I'm basically saying this very specific exact level of blue, this exact color. If I'm talking to uh, my clients, I would actually say color. If I'm talking to other professionals, like here on this podcast, I'd say wavelengths just mm. um, to kind of up the game there. But it's always easier to make the terms more digestible for you know the people that you're working with at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's interesting enough, a lot of devices out there I see using a different blue at around 465 nanometers. And why that is, is because back in the day, that's actually what was kind of a blue that was an LED already available at a medical level, because it's what they used for babies with jaundice in the hospitals. Have you ever seen those babies that are underneath the blue light? Yes. Yeah, so that's actually helping with that bilirubin creation. So that's using a different one and one that was kind of more widely available. And so they got their clearances under that color and then it's kind of like what they had to stick to because they didn't want to put up a bunch of money in order to switch it once the 415 nanometer became more available at that highly refined level. Mm-hmm. And so then um, 605 nanometer amber has a lot of time been shown to help with uh, collagen and elastin production. Once you get to your reds, of course, those are kind of the ones that we've always known help with collagen and elastin, as well as producing redness, increasing circulation and blood flow. And infrared light is used a lot of time in order to help with uh Uh, wound healing, increasing circulation, helping with that cellular energy, and a more fun topic, which I can spend hours on, which is (laughs) nitric oxide bioavailability. Um, Interesting. Yeah, nitric oxide has become huge in the anti-aging medical communities, and um, definitely something to take a look at if you're looking at full body anti-aging, because it's a signaling Mm -hmm. gas that actually helps with cell-to-cell communication, it's actually what dilates your blood vessels so that um, when you have that increased circulation, it's part of your immune system. It's linked to a lot of things, including libido. And uh, it's something that depletes as we age, like cellular energy. Um, Diet-wise, beets are actually an amazing source of nitric oxide, just as a little side note. But there mm. are things like uh, LED that have been shown to really help with that, too. How do you, how are you seeing estheticians who may be purchasing your device from LightStim? How do you see them start to incorporate light therapy in their treatment rooms? Almost anywhere. What's kind of lucky for me, um, being basically a human golden retriever, is that it's very hard for us to not make friends. We work with <laughs> almost any skincare line out there. Mm-hmm. And um, we work with almost any modality out there as well. I haven't found one that we haven't been able to create a protocol around. So even in your standard facial, you can use us with a serum or a clear mask. Clear, of course, because you'd want the light to be able to go through. Mm -hmm. Um, And our lights do have a gentle warmth incorporated into them as well that can help with product penetration. So people are just even adding them into a standard facial uh, during that time. Uh, with our handhelds, 
Uh, it's going to be about three minutes per area directly touching the skin. With our panels, it's about 20 minutes within an inch to two inches away. And, um, you know, just off the top of your heads, do you think that those are going to be about the same treatment? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I would think, uh, yeah. Absolutely, they are. And that's what's kind of great because distance yeah. actually really changes that power. So you can mm -hmm. be using that handheld directly touching the skin. And just a few inches away changes that treatment time by almost seven times to that 20 wow. minutes. Wow, so, interesting. Yeah. So a lot of estheticians, if they're starting out or they're mobile, might get two of the handhelds. And they're able to get through a full face in about 12 minutes, 15 if it's a larger head like mine. And uh, then they, the panel's also there as a hands-free option. So um, we see people, when they're starting to cleanse and exfoliate, maybe using it as a hand treatment. Um, when I had people with carpal tunnel, I used to put my panel over their wrists with some CBD topical while I was doing some other things. You know, of course, always sticking to state guidelines on where we're able to work with the body, things like that as well. Mm -hmm. um, we see people using it on... The back, for say your back knee, we see people using it in almost any service or to uh, help post-procedure as well. We see it being used a lot with um, spa professionals and med spas who are working post-procedure for um, facelift, microneedling, microdermabrasion, any of the micros. We work well with all the micros. Nice. Well, that's great to know because I just I just did microneedling for my first time and Ooh. I figured the light stim would only help speed along the healing process but yeah I've been I've been using that um it's definitely been a good thing to have in quarantine I think not only is there you know the the proven results side to it I think it's just a nice it feels nice and soothing and warm so there's that self-care element as well and also something that's really important to me and was, you know, thinking about different places to work and what to use is it's something with basically no contraindications, a few precautions here and there, but it can be used um, on anybody who maybe has a pacemaker or metal pins in their body or dental work, mm -hmm. which isn't the case with all electrical modalities. And it can be used on all skin types, tones and Fitzpatrick's, which especially right now, it's a huge hot topic and yeah. it's something where you want to be able to really learn how to work with all skin types and ethnicities and be able to have options for them. That's so interesting. And you kind of just answered my next question was about contraindications, but I have kind of a follow-up question on that. So since the lights um, do produce a little bit of heat. Do you have to be careful with people who, um, who suffer or have, um, melasma issues? Do you have to, you know, take that into consideration or is it not enough heat you think to make that effect? You are a good esthetician. That's a that good is, question, Lauren. <laughs> it's a great question. And it's actually, even in our protocols, we do talk about that because, um, if it's a melasma that is sensitive to heat, that is something to be conscious about because, of course, even just the gentle warmth could be something that it can react to. Um, and pigmentation is such an emotional, emotional trigger for so many people yeah. that mm -hmm. it is something to be conscious of. Um, I will, I'm, I'm a loophole person. And so for those people, and actually in general, because I, I'm so circulation heavy, I'm a fan of... Um, keeping things in the fridge. I have used, say, a gel mask or a uh, near transparent biocellulose mask that comes out of the fridge in order to counterbalance that warmth. 
And I found that works really well as well. And I have a few products um, that are hyperpigmentation friendly that um, don't really uh, have any exfoliating or irritating ingredients that I can use with the light as well, kind of to help counterbalance that together. We actually even have our own sheet mask that I'm obsessed with um, that's biocellulose that can be used with the light. And that out of the fridge is a lifesaver. Lighter now. I actually uh, use it uh, post hangover as well. <laughs> cool. That's a that's a great little hack for anybody who yeah. you know has melasma clients. You can yeah keep a little fridge. That's an amazing trick. Oh my gosh. Um, I don't know if you know the line Cyan, but Dasha Cyan who runs that her little mini fridge has been a lifesaver in so many circumstances for me. Well, yeah, because we you know have uh, at least when I was in the treatment room, we always had a hot towel cabbie. Everything was warm, but I never ha- necessarily had anything that was cold. And I think that, you know, I'm sure estheticians do in, in their treatment rooms nowadays. I certainly would. And I think that it's just one of those things where you want to kind of feel prepared for all client types. Right. And so, mm-hmm. you know, having something on the cooler side, there, there are some people who find a lot of relief in that. Um, I love doing it with cryoglobes. I love doing it with a cool product or having a, a lot of these other ways to interact. Another thing I'm huge on is being able to do multiple treatments at once. It's one Mm -hmm. of the things I like about the panel and being hands-free is it gives me that opportunity. Um, I've even used it with uh, a microcurrent device that operated based off clips. And I was able to clip that uh, microcurrent machine to the sheet mask since it's water-based and biocellulose and run the current there with the light over. So you kind of get all three at the same time. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Oh. That's amazing. Yeah. And it seems like it would just, it really elevates a treatment room and, yeah. you know, makes people think you're very high tech and you're in on the newest technology. But it's also a great introductory technology as well for people who might be afraid of going to something heavier duty. It makes you look high tech, mm-hmm. but at the same time, if someone's scared, this is something that we work even with a lot of, um, we're a mission partner, for example, with Oncology Spa Solutions, ran by a Becky Keen. And because LED is one of the only modalities that you can work with in post-cancer care. And so you know, it's, it's one of those things where people do feel very safe using it, like they and might not with others. So it's also great as a mm-hmm. way to kind of get them introduced into technology if you have others in the room and someone who's kind of starting from that square one as well. Yeah. And it it seems like it would be a great way for estheticians to make a little bit more income. It's an initial investment. um, But over time, I think you could use it as probably probably like an add-on service, right? Oh, yeah. It's great as an add-on. And when you think about it, this can be used on bare skin. The LEDs inside are basically set to last a lifetime around a hundred thousand hours so it's where you don't need to replace anything in in the 20 years we've been around and i'm knocking on wood here we've had (laughs) less than half a percent of lights returned to need of repair so we haven't reached the end point of our devices for the most part yet and so it's something that you buy once you don't really need to think about ever getting it replaced. The only thing I've personally ever needed to replace was a cord that my Shih Tzu bit through, but that was really <laughs> easy and really fault. Something that I see being really huge in aesthetics now is not just the add-ons, but also just people coming and paying you for their time. 
and you really being the expert rather than having them cherry pick everything basically right. be like this is a list of things that I might use at this time and you're really being charged for that and mm-hmm. um, while the baby boomer generation tends to be more on the side of add-ons um, millennials and zoomers tend to be more on the side of um, wanting you to be the expert and them and not having to feel like they're being nickel and dimed for everything. Gen X mm. is kind of in between the two, but it's interesting. Mm. You kind of need to have a little bit of each option and find kind of works for you and what your demographic. Mm. Yeah. I, I love that, that you said that because that was one of uh, one issue that I just personally had a problem with when I was doing facials was I, you know, you're always, your employer generally wants you to upgrade and do the add-on. And especially, you know, if you have a client that say they need a um, something extra that's considered an add-on, I always hated being like, can, you know, do you want the add-on? It's $35 or it's this. Or I was yeah. like, I swear I'm not a salesperson. <laughs> I was just like, I, you just need it. Sometimes I would just throw it in because I, I just felt like, you know, if you're paying, you know, $200 for a facial, 150 whatever it is, I just wanted to do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. And you want to do what's best for the client. And mm-hmm. I mean, on the other side, you might have someone who's asking for something that's completely wrong for their skin. And, oh, yeah. so, you know, it's being able to ask why or going like, well, I'd like to see how your skin reacts to this. And, mm-hmm. you know, we can definitely take a look or do a patch test, but not feeling that pressure to do so. And of course, all this, you know, becomes different depending on where you work. But I, I'm greatly passionate about us being the professionals and there's a lot of YouTube trained people out there who think that they know everything, but it, oh, it's, yes. We're familiar. <laughs> it's really good just to be able to, to take the reins as the one who has the training and knows what they're doing and knows what's best right. for them and, you know, has spent hours on education to make sure that's the case. Right. Yeah. That's, that's something that Tess and I talk about a lot that there, like you said, there's a lot of people that are YouTube trained and you know, you can, you can get a lot of information on the, on the internet, but I've, the way I think about it is that, you know, you can, you can get the puzzle pieces on the internet, but our license really allows you to know what the full picture is. So if you have all these little pieces, but you don't know how to put them together, is kind of how I like to think about it. Whereas the estheticians, we have the full picture and we know how to put the pieces together. I think there's a big difference between learning about skin and then having that actual experience working on skin. And the thing is, is like right when you're in school and out of school, we all went through it where that was all we thought about. That's all we talked about. And people (laughs) probably got tired of hearing about skin. And it's almost (laughs) like that becomes your personality for a while. And then other parts of you come back and you're like, oh yeah, I was into photography or, oh, there's this other aspect. But, you know, there really is this huge part of it where you know, that education and wanting to learn and wanting to make sure what we knew and getting that muscle memory down to make sure that what we were doing is correct and safe and accurate. And it's a good thing to go through that period. And that's what really helps you later on, just be able to take that reins and know, like, I put in the time and the effort. And mm-hmm. now, now, well, what, what I need to build between you and I as the customer and professional is trust. I want you to trust yes. me to know that what I'm doing and how I'm helping and communication and setting those expectations so that yes. they know what they're in for. 
Oh yeah. I, Lauren and I actually talk about that a lot, how important setting the expectation is so that nobody's disappointed or um, surprised. One thing I wanted to ask was when we're talking about frequency of getting light therapy treatments and really setting that expectation for your client, what would be like a recommended schedule for them to come in to get facials if they wanted to be, you know, on schedule with actually getting results? So here's the thing. Even after one service, if you were to get one, you will look and feel better getting off the table. You have increased circulation. Um, You're going to have some additional product penetration if you use it with product, which most people will in the treatment room. And so that's definitely something that um, can be done even if you're on a destination setting, you know, Mm. doing it just for that pre-bridal or something like that. We uh, even did scans with that Vizia system, which is horribly judgmental. <laughs> and <laughs> at everything. And we found that oh, it was an immediate wrinkle production, albeit temporary, mm-hmm. but it lasted longer than what you would normally think as something temporary in the treatment room, mm-hmm. enough to be able to last through a red carpet event or something like that. Um, a series is always going to be good. Home care is always going to be best. Mm-hmm. Because um, it's like working out. The more often you do it, the better the results are going to be. Mm-hmm. And the other thing to think about is synergy. Using it alone, we can talk about results all day. But since we have all these different things in our treatment room, some of which we've already discussed, how those are used together can sometimes make one plus one equal three. I have seen things with LED and microneedling together that I haven't seen with either of them apart. Mm-hmm. So, you know everybody's going to have a little bit different what they want to do as a monotherapy. If it's done as a series, maybe twice a week for about six weeks, that could be something that they do. If you have a extra treatment room, it's something that could potentially even be self-administered. Um, you know, for home care, when we got that hundred percent of people, non-dependent on age, skin type, tone disorders to see results, it was five times a week for six to eight weeks. Did some people see great results well before that? Absolutely. Did some people need to take that whole time depending on skin health? It could be the case. Everyone's going to be a little bit different. Where I find most people using it in the treatment room is going to be to help with the downtime of other services, accelerating what you're already doing. Um, or doing it in a series. So estheticians could even offer um, light stim as like a retail thing you buy at at checkout for their home care? Absolutely. It is something where there are home units. Um, For example, ours are ergonomic to hold against yourself. And um, they beep every three minutes so they know when to move it to the next area. Using one on your own face like that, uh, you usually get through your full face in about an episode of Grace and Frankie or some other Netflix <laughs> show like that. So <laughs> a pretty easy spell when you tell it like that. Um, but yeah, it's absolutely one of those things where using it at home is, of course, going to kind of up their game. 80, 80% of results are home care. It's what you're putting on your skin every day, which kind of leads me to, to my next question. I wanted to ask what your skincare routine is like, Richard. Oh, well, <laughs> I, um, of course, do my light stim quite a bit. Um, I've been in love for a year now. Is actually at Vegas last year where um, DMK International launched their Environment line, which is a kind of uh, microbiome supporting line. And that's been 
um, absolutely killer as part of my everyday and something I've stuck to for a year now in love. Um, I also use some Hale and Hush, which is a sensitive skincare baseline and was also um, what I would use on my um, oncology customers that would come in as well because it was one of those where a lot of the products were um, very neutral and okay to use in that environment as well. Um, and I'm a big peptide person. I love Victoria DN peptide and hydropeptide, and they have some products that just work on that communication. And I use a lot of peptide serums of the light. It's one of my favorite things to use in that capacity. It's amazing. I love it. I love hearing about other estheticians, skincare routines. It gets me all excited to try new products. (laughs) We're writing it all down. I'm telling you those microbiome supporting things that that's where I think it's at for almost everything. Well, at least here in Southern California with the pollution, I feel like that's just been a lifesaver. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing I wanted to ask you, Richard, was you have experience treating oncology patients. Is that correct? Um, a lot of post-care, yes. Uh, you know, just uh, it, it's, if there's any training besides LED uh, that I <laughs> suggest people get outside of school, it's to get some form of oncology training because um, it's very vulnerable and the numbers are rising year after year mm-hmm. and it's not something where you would want to turn someone away. And, um, right. There's a lot of things to think about, like uh, any surgery on lymph nodes or radiation would mean that there's a chance for lymphedema. That someone who's gone through chemo shouldn't be having rock roots or vegetables. So if you have that infused water out in your reception area, is that right. something that's the right choice right then? And, um, you know, just getting a good solid training in something like that is so important. Uh, for skincare, I went through Oncology Spa Solutions with Becky Keen, which I did mention. And then I've gone through mm-hmm. a few others um, for a massage or for uh, breast augmentation, scar work that's gentle enough to be done post-mastectomy. There's really a mm-hmm. lot of interesting classes you can take in this regard. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing because I I had never really thought about, you know, skincare. And I hate to admit this, but I had never really thought about skincare, you know, post uh, cancer or chemo or any type of treatment like that until my mom was diagnosed with cancer a few years ago. And, um, she's all good now, but it was just kind of one of those things where I was like, Oh my gosh, like so much changes. And like you Mm -hmm. said, it's such a prominent thing these days. Everybody knows somebody or is somebody. And, um, I could not agree more that it's something that even if you, you know, don't feel like you're going to use it that often, I think that it's something that, you should absolutely know because it's so important. At least just a base knowledge. I agree. Right. And, and there's no shame in not thinking about it until it affects you in your life. And hopefully something like this podcast will make someone think about it before it, it's right in front of them. Mm-hmm. And they tell someone to get into their, um, spa, you know, spa drape and see a port scar and then have to say, I'm sorry. Instead, right. maybe they can, you know, get that education ahead of time and, kind of just at least know what they're doing, uh, what they can use, what they should stay away from, and really just dialogue, because Mm -hmm. I'm sure you agree, a lot of what we do is talk and communicate, and Mm -hmm. it's just so important for people to have a base knowledge in that, and it's, uh, it's honestly 
was a huge shift for me in another way because I always considered myself a massage therapist first and a skincare therapist second. But a lot of people in a vulnerable place don't feel like, you know, stripping all the way down and, Mm -hmm. you know, being disrobed on the table and feeling more vulnerable. And they would much rather be able to get a facial or a service Mm -hmm. like that than massage and that. And so um, being able to work on that demographic actually really gave me a huge purpose and made me see a huge value in the skincare side and really was a huge shift for me. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm sure those people were so grateful to get facials from you. Um, My last question before we wrap up, Richard, is relating to your job. I know a lot of Estes listening are curious, you know, what they could possibly do like outside of the realm of the treatment room. Could you kind of explain what you like about your job and what it entails? I mean, I love everything that I do with Lights Gym because it's kind of a many hat situation. The education is my favorite part. And um, I, I get to do that. I do a lot of the trade show coordination. So basically like where we're going, when, uh, what to make sure to bring, not bring, how how big of our, our setup's going to be, how, how things looked. And the trade show part is huge because just being able to see people at all different levels of the industry is great. If you want to kind of get a pulse of what's going on, what's new, um, being able to work for a company that does trade shows is absolutely amazing. And sometimes even the lines you're using, they just might need help when there's uh, an event in your area. So there is no harm in letting them know like, hey, you know, I'd be happy to work for you a day or two of this three-day event. I'm a huge fan of you guys. Do you need any help? Mm -hmm. And that's a great way in order to kind of start to see some of the other aspects of the industry and start to see what else is out there. And also it teaches you how to talk about the lines that you're using in such a different way. It really does help in the treatment room too, even if you don't end up doing anything else, but really just not being afraid to ask about the things you're interested in is amazing, but it's, it's the people, the people is the best part of the job being able to, talk and explain and especially with led where since it's just lights it's really is more of the thinking man's modality or thinking woman's modality where you just really need to be able to describe and explain what's going on to someone and be able to relay that then to your client i love that because it gets people kind of understanding how this complex things works that doesn't feel like it should (laughs) Yeah. So maybe for those of you listening who love talking to your friends and family about skincare and learning, learning about what it does for the skin, explaining and educating, this could be the type of job available to you. Yeah. So I have one quick question for you, Richard. Um, What are some of your favorite um, trade shows that you have worked at or attended? I've been doing Face and Body San Jose the past five years. I also really love the more boutique events or the smaller, more intimate events too. Um, one of them is called Nassen Pro, which tours around and is non-product focused education. There's another one called Live Love Spa for spa owners to kind of go to. That's a little bit smaller and actually. I love Live Love Spa. Oh, 
it's great. And the people they're the best people. people, the best people. Yeah. Yeah. I were, I used to work for, um, for a product company and, um, we would attend live love spas and I, I was the lucky one that got to go to the Maui show every year. Ooh. It was oh, the best. That- you you won the raffle then. You won that raffle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. So that that's great. Um, so those are some great shows. I just was asking for our listeners to see if just to give them some ideas, because I know there's so many shows out there these days that um, you know, it's kind of hard to to figure out which one do you want to put your money into because they're not cheap all the time. Yeah. Um and uh, there's a lot of virtual stuff going on right now as well. Uh, a good friend of mine, Barry Eichner, and uh, Jenny Nagel uh, run a blog called Lip Gloss and Aftershave, and they've been having a lot of free virtual events right now off their blog. So in, in the meantime, there's some great stuff to take a look at. Love it. Amazing. That's great to know. So perfect. Well, uh, I if think you get Barry on this podcast, you guys will have fun. I'm telling yes. you. Yes. Uh... You'll have to hook us up. We'd love <laughs> to talk to him. I just might have to. That would be great. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, I think that's a perfect place to wrap us up. Thank you so much, Richard, for coming on. This has been so great and so informative. And I think everyone's going to get a lot out of this episode. So we really appreciate having you on. Oh, thank you guys so much. This was a lot of fun. And um, yeah, if anybody is interested, we do have a lot more education. If you do get a light, we have online certification in order to help people right now. So just know this is just a tip of the iceberg. But thank you both, Tessa and Lauren. I appreciate it so, so much. Oh, wonderful. And can you tell everybody where they can find you um, online and where they can find LightStim to purchase? Um, they can find Lightstim at lightstim.com, um, at Lightstim on Instagram and Facebook are going to be the main ones. Uh, as, as far as mine goes, you can find me on Instagram. Um, I believe it's rick.edward, R-I-C-C, but it's really personal more than anything professional. You'll just see a lot of pictures <laughs> of my dog, but more power to you if that's your thing. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much. And thank you, everybody who listened. We hope you guys enjoyed. We'll leave um, Richard's information and LightStim information in the show notes below. And we will talk to everybody in the next one.